You are listening to special pandemic coverage of the coronavirus on The John DePietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering. Folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system? Energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill as by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. Now, J.K.L., is a carrier factory authorized dealer. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Folks, let's face it. Being inside, being comfortable in your home, is there anything more important right now with what we're going through? Call J.K.L. Engineering. Central Air is a game changer for your life. Talk about improving quality of life. Here's what I'm saying. J.K.L., they'll keep you warm in the wintertime and cool in the summertime. 53 years of experience, their reputation, Second to none, whether you're in Rhode Island or Massachusetts, call J.K.L. Engineering today. Estimates are free. Financing is available for both residential and commercial. Call my friends at J.K.L. 401-351-7600. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available. Let's be nice and comfortable in your home. J.K.L. 401-351-7600. Folks, it's Sean DePietro. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2 on AM 1380, 99.9 <clears> FM. <throat> you can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Time for our legal segment with me, one of Rhode Island's top legal attorneys. It's uh, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, if you don't mind, I want to start off with the controversy that's nationwide, and that is that uh, John Bolton is uh, set to release a book. And he's already got an interview set up with uh, ABC News and so forth. And by the Trump administration, they are working overtime to uh, try to stop this book from from coming out. And it's it's become a legal issue. Um, let's let's start off with the whole John Bolton book situation. Yes, the, the, the Trump administration, John, is suddenly kicked into high gear regarding this book that John Bolton's coming out with. Um, I think. Candidly, it's too little too late. Um, In terms of the substance of the book, um, one would presume there was some vetting of the book by the publisher. Uh, It appears that the administration is alleging that the necessary vetting through the administration was not completed to check for any classified material. But what the Trump administration is doing um, directly and through the Justice Department, it's not really the right approach. Um, The litigation that's been um, undertaken does not include Simon & Schuster as a named defendant. If you want to stop a book from coming out, John Bolton's not publishing this book. Simon & Schuster is publishing this book. So... The fact that the administration is not even going after the publisher suggests that they're really not serious about stopping this. Um, I don't think they will stop this book from being published. I think there's very little chance, if any, that they will be successful in getting a uh, restraining order to keep this book from being published. It's already leaking out into the media. It's, there's already been excerpts published in, I believe, the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. Bolton's conducting interviews. The danger for Bolton is once this book is published, if the book, in fact, does include and contain classified information that he is disseminating illegally, then he could be prosecuted if he is, in fact, disseminating information that the administration suggests that he's disseminating that's classified. He could be prosecuted. Um, Right now, the media seems to be only interested in the sensational things um, about the goings-on at the Oval Office. Um, They like to talk about the fact that the president drops F-bombs when he gets frustrated and he's speaking about foreign leaders. Um, 
and the linkage between his foreign policy um, goals and its effect on his chances for re-election. There's nothing classified in that. It's, it's uh, sensational. It's gossipy. Uh, it's got this book even before it's on the shelves as I think it's number one on the Amazon list of bestsellers. And it hasn't even sold its first copy. But um, I, if nothing else, I think the administration's attempting to smear Bolt and make him look like a sour grapes kind of guy. Um, but he's not going to stop. The, the president's not going to stop this book from being published. And I would venture to say there's probably not anything particularly classified in there, which would result in Bolton being prosecuted. Uh Tim, so even though if you go to work at the White House, can't they have them sign a non-disclosure agreement or do I mean, I I know many times, you know, if someone wants to work, say, on a uh, very well in the past, very popular television show, if they were going to be in a movie, uh, they would sign a non-disclosure agreement. So you don't see a lot of this. You know, I was in a movie with George Clooney. Here's what was said on the set. Um, Why is it with in Hollywood, these non-disclosure agreements can can go into effect, but, but uh, boy, it, it certainly seems as though the president wish he had one for those that worked at the white house. I, and I believe he does, or at least the president has suggested that Bolton, you know, Bolton was desperate for a job in the white house. He lobbied for it. Like he was running for office and the president finally gave him the job. I mean, Bolton had been looking for this job forever. And, um, Trump, President Trump suggests that there was a form of non-disclosure agreement that was signed by Bolton, hmm. as would be signed by most senior members of the um, White House. Um, I haven't seen it. I haven't, you know, vetted it in terms of its enforceability. Um, I don't know what the damage provision is and how damages would be assessed, but the violation of a non-disclosure agreement um, is something to be litigated down the line if it's been violated. Um, if the president had a strong um, non-disclosure agreement, I think he would be pressing that issue as far as a breach of contract as opposed to trying to stop it on the basis of the dissemination of classified information. It's a curious thing, John, because every administration has people leave it, write sensational books, and um, make millions of dollars. The real question is, when Bolton publishes this book, um, is what he's writing about in the public domain so that more, you know, everyone knows about it within the administration, or is he violating specific provisions? If he's out there saying that the president used the F-bomb when speaking about this, and the president talked about that, I know in one situation, in terms of what the president allegedly was saying to um, um, President Xi, it was told anecdotally to Bolton by the interpreter. So he didn't, Bolton didn't hear the president say it or what Xi's response was, but it was told to Bolton allegedly, anecdotally, by some interpreter. Um, so it's secondhand information. Um, maybe it wasn't interpreted correctly. Maybe it's completely false. I mean, these are very subtle hair splitting types of observations. Um, at the end of the day, though, this book gets published. It's going to make Bolton a million dollars. He's going to be the darling of the talk show circuit. Hmm. Um, how, how impactful will it be on this presidency or the election? Only time will tell. And one would assume that once it's out there in the public domain, uh, the president directly or through his surrogates will be punching back against the contents and against Bolton personally. Tim, let's um, talk about the situation in Atlanta, which is uh, deteriorating, getting worse. But it really goes down to arrest warrants have been issued for those officers, Garrett Rolf, uh, in the shooting death of Richard Brooks. What, what the, I guess there's a lot of different facets to this, because just when you see elements of this, we're... Um, you know, this Richard Brooks, who was shot and killed, he, he did fight with the police. He stole the stun gun of one. He was running from them and pointing it at them. Um, there's more details in it. But, boy, it's also caused many problems with the officers calling out sick last night. But this is unusual now with these uh, 
murder charges against these two Atlanta police officers. Yes, the the officer that shot um, Mr. Brooks twice in the back has been um, charged with 11 counts, including felony murder. Um, that could result in the state of Georgia in a life sentence if he's convicted. And there's an outside possibility, if convicted, that he could get the death sentence, which is unlikely. Is this a defendable case? Yes, is it's a defendable case. It's not a greatly defendable case. The video evidence um, is problematic. Um, it's interesting why these charges were brought so quickly. My understanding is that the district attorney, it's, it's Fulton County in, in Georgia, which is where this um, uh, situation unfolded. This DA is in a very tight election race. Um, so one would presume that he brought these charges very, very quickly uh, for political gain for himself. It's odd that these charges would have been brought so quickly, just as it was odd they were brought so quickly against the officers in uh, Minneapolis. Not that the charging of these crimes is not warranted, um, but typically there'd be a much more detailed uh, factual investigation There'd be forensics. There'd be lots of material which would be um, digested before charges would be brought. So one would presume this is to quell public outcry and anger. And it, one would presume it's also cynically to assist this uh, district attorney in his chances for reelection. If he didn't bring these charges, he'd be excoriated by his opponent and he'd probably lose. So um, you can't overlook the political component of this. This DA also suggests that Brooks was involved in a, quote, tussle, close quote, with the cops. Um, having watched the video, it's much more than a tussle. Um, this, this cop, this uh, Mr. Brooks was taking on two cops, grabbed one of them's stun gun, shot one of them with their own stun gun, and then proceeded to flee the scene. The problem for the officer who fired the fatal shots is... At the time this occurred, I think um, Brooks was 18 to 20 feet away, couldn't possibly have hit either officer with the stun gun. So the question is, was the use of deadly force justified at that point in time? You'll hear talking heads on TV saying, oh, for, if this guy's got a weapon that could be used to incapacitate an officer, then the use of deadly force was justified. It's a close call, but it really isn't, John. If, if this guy was closer to the officers when he was shot, I think the argument would stand a better chance of succeeding. If the distance he was, he couldn't have used the stun gun effectively against either cop. Oh. Further, I mean, the cop's action when he came upon Mr. Brooks on the ground to kick him um, a couple of times is was not intelligent, especially when he can presume he's being videoed on everything he's doing. And this officer, Rolf, apparently has a very checkered history with the department. He's had numerous infractions for which he's been brought up uh, for disciplinary complaints, not all of them successful, but I believe five of the prior disciplinary complaints, the charges at least that were brought, involved the improper discharge of his service revolver. So Another situation where you've got a potentially bad cop, just like you've got that guy in um, at, at Minneapolis who had, what, 18 prior allegations brought against him. That's right. This is, this is an issue um, of uh, police through their unions, and I'm not sure how strong their Bill of Rights uh, legislation might be in, a, in Georgia. It protects bad cops. Oh. It, it shields them. It hides their conduct from public view and from public scrutiny. And it clearly is something that's got to get um, uh, amended to bring a more even playing field here. In Rhode Island, for sure, we've got a very strong Policeman's Bill of Rights. Um, should Mr. Rolfe have been fired, um, if it was in Rhode Island, he probably would have been placed on administrative leave, either with or without pay, oh. um, pending the... Uh, a grand jury investigation and pending an investigation and a bill of rights hearing. Um, it's a much different playing field in Georgia, but if Rolf gets himself good, at, a good attorney, um, he, this is defendable. 
The further issue is, you know, this all occurs in Atlanta and Fulton County. If this were ever to go to trial, um, this uh, officer would clearly have to move for a change of venue to move this to a, um, let's say, perhaps more rural um, county with a more perhaps sympathetic, more conservative jury pool. Um, were this to be tried in Fulton County in Atlanta, um, I think that hurts his chances dramatically of ever being able to win this if he should go to trial. Folks, it's Sean DePietro with Tim Dodd, uh, attorney Tim Dodd. Coming up, we are going to talk about the situation with the Providence uh, police and the Providence firefighter. It's a lot more ahead right here on the John DePietro Show. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by MEGA MEGA Professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. 508-336-7801. Now, what exactly do they do, MEGA Professionals? They are here to help you run your business by finding you workers. And maybe you need workers. Maybe you need drivers, workers, certified help, part-time, full-time, weekend work, uh, local, a.k.a. sleep-at-home drivers, class A, B, non-CDL, warehouse workers, mechanics, skilled workers, labor, healthcare professionals, office professionals. You need workers. You need MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals. You're trying to run your business. I, listen, it's a hassle trying to hire people, go through all the resumes, set up the interviews. Instead, it's one phone call to help you with your company. MEGA professionals. 508-336-7801. 508-336-7801 from MEGA professionals. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, yankeetreeservice.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming. Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006. And also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today. 439-6028, 439-6028, whether it's tree removal, stump grinding, tree pruning, emergency service, bucket trucket service, and bobcat service. Since 2006, they've been performing tree removal service. On top of that, nothing stumps. Yankee Tree Service, they provide stump grinding. Enjoy your landscape without the eyesore. As far as pruning, well, let them get up there. Oftentimes, a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down. At Yankee Tree Service, their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439-6028, 439-6028. If they have to, they get right up there in the bucket. Yankee Tree Service, since 2006, tree trimming experts. Give them a call. 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com. With me is attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, let's talk about this situation where uh, the Providence police were being charged racially profiling a Providence firefighter. I thought Commissioner Perry did a, a good job at least breaking out the facts. Uh, but what you now have is a war of words between the Providence Fire Union. They're demanding an, uh, an apology. The Providence police, they definitely feel they are owed an apology. Uh, this whole business of where you have this Providence firefighter claiming he was racially profiled as he was sitting in a woman's car outside of the fire station on Mesa Street, right off Cranston Street. Yes, it's a war of words. Um, it's two two unions skirmishing with each other. And just like all these other cases, John, the videos tell the tale. Um the uh, firefighter who complained that he was racially profiled 
um, came out and said specific things in the media which were inflammatory. And these things were said by him before the video um, of this incident was released and before the police um, camcorders um, evidence came to light. The firefighter in question claimed to have said, well, don't shoot, don't shoot, okay? The video does not disclose that being part of it. Now, don't shoot is clearly um, buzzwords which have been used over and over in these types of situations, um, going back to the Ferguson situation. So he claims to have used those words, but those words are not on the video. So that's one misstatement. Uh, one of the things that shows up in the video, which this guy never talked about, was that he, in the first instance, misidentified himself as a Providence cop. Now, Steve Perry chalks that up to being a little um, jumbled and a little, little scattered as he made his first statement to the cops. Um, I think that uh, Steve Perry did a good job trying to cover for this firefighter. I mean, how could he mis misidentify himself as a cop? Um, clearly, that would make the investigating officers a little bit more suspicious. And the real truth of this matter shows that these cops were identifying this red sedan as something the same or similar to the vehicle used in a, in a robbery, which had happened very, very shortly before this encounter between these two cops and this firefighter. So the cops had probable cause to approach. Um, they had information that there had been an armed robbery, uh, which justified them approaching this vehicle with guns drawn. Once they figured out when this uh, firefighter correctly identified himself, they were saying, oh, sorry, sorry, okay. And, um, that was the end of it. The only thing in my mind, which, and again, uh, Perry um, covers it all over, but after it was clear that this firefighter and this woman were not part of this crime that had occurred shortly beforehand, and once the cops were satisfied that he was a firefighter and he was not a risk, why did they proceed to search his vehicle? That makes no sense. There was no probable cause to do that. And having commenced a search for some unknown reason, which is not articulated properly by the cop who did it, the cop then didn't proceed to um, go and look into the back seat because he said, oh, there were blankets and there was a lot of stuff back there. Um, was that racially motivated? Who knows? Was it improper? Perry says it was justifiable, but not very sensitive. In my view, there was no justification for that. There was no reason for this cop to search the car unless they were on a fishing expedition hoping to get something to pin on either this passenger or the driver. Um, that's wrong, in my view. Um, there was no... Perry didn't point to any... Um, rule or procedure which would justify that um, search. It was not complete. It was not thorough, but it was improper in my view. Um, folks, coming up, we are going to talk to uh, Attorney Tim Dodd about the situation with the uh, Supreme Court and how they have labeled now job protection for the uh, LGBT community. That and uh, a lot more all ahead right here on the John DePietro Show. I received the nicest email from one of our listeners saying, John DiPietro, thank you for telling us about Winfield Termite and Pest Control. I said, hey, thank them. Folks, you can call them today, Winfield Termite and Pest Control, 401-821-7800, online, winfieldpest.com. Rhode Island's most dependable pest control service, Winfield Termite and Pest Control. Remember, family-friendly pest control professionals that you can trust for your home call them today 821-7800 what can winfield termite and pest control do well remove ants termites mice cockroaches any pest from your home yard business or commercial property for a free estimate or to schedule a home inspection call winfield termite and pest control today the team you can depend on 821-7800 now listen this is going to be a bad tick season but it won't be, or mosquitoes, not if you call Winfield Termite and Pest Control. They can protect you, your family, from ticks, mosquitoes. Now listen, who knows what potential 
viruses that could be spread, whether it be from a mosquito. This is not the time that you want to get Lyme disease from a tick. You'll be able to enjoy your property, maybe for yourself, for your family, for your grandchildren, protect your home, your family, and business. And that's what it's about, protection. I trust Winfield Termite and Pest Control to protect you, your family, your property, your home, and your business. Winfield Termite and Pest Control. Call them today, 821-7800, 821-7800, Winfield Termite Pest Control, Rhode Island's most dependable pest control service, a family-friendly pest control professionals. Folks, you're going to love these guys. You can trust. Call them today, 821-7800, or online at winfieldpest.com. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www. This portion of the program brought to you by Bethel Certified Soft Wash. Let's make sure your house and property looks the best it can look. Right now, spring is the time. You can text Jared free same day, text estimate 401 617 2585. They have a great Facebook page, Bethel Certified Soft Wash. Let's get rid of that algae mildew that's outside in your home the side of your home on your pavement on your patio maybe it's on the basketball court bethel certified soft wash they have a great facebook page jared the before and after pictures are just incredible what your home could look like or your garage your property with bethel certified soft wash power wash now jared he came to our house folks it looks brand new get rid of you know it just happens you build up some of that algae and mildew and maybe sometimes you just have some dirt and grime bethel certified soft wash power wash especially now we're spending more time outside you want your house and property to look the best it can jared did a fantastic job my neighbors are saying my goodness juan look how beautiful your house look it looks so clean my kids said daddy it's like the house got a bath they said it did get a bath from bethel certified soft wash text jared free same day text estimate 401-617-2585. Find them on Facebook. It's Bethel Certified Soft Wash. It's going to make your property, your home, your deck, your walkway, any outdoor surface. He can get rid of it as far as the algae, mildew, gets rid of it with a very safe solution. It's Bethel Certified Soft Wash. It's John DePietro, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11, we go till 2. With me is attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, let's talk about this was significant with the Supreme Court weighing in on job protection for the LGBT community. Yes, it, it's a significant case. It's another hallmark um, decision by the Supreme Court recognizing and protecting um, the rights of the, let's, let's call it the LGBT community. Um, the most significant um, decision happened a few years back when the um, notion of uh, gay marriage was recognized nationally. This is a further extension of recognizing those rights. Now, the Trump administration had opposed um, the rights which were being sought in this um, LGBT um, lawsuit. Um, and it got down to um, a definitional dispute between the plaintiff and the defendant as to the definition for who was involved or who was protected um, as a class. Um, the most interesting part of this decision, in, in my view, is not so much that the Supreme Court ruled the way that it did, I think it's appropriate, but that the decision was written by Justice Gorsuch, who was um, Trump's first pick for the Supreme Court, who was hailed as this staunch conservative, strict constructionist, and he comes out and writes this decision. And 
I think it was a 6-3 vote. So he voted with the Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Elena Kagan, uh, Justice Sotomayor, and um, Judge uh, Breyer. That's the, the leftist wing of the court, if you will. Um, it's further interesting that there were no concurring opinions that all of the liberals on the court just let Gorsuch write the decision with no concurring um, or separate opinions. So Gorsuch owns this decision to the glee of the left and to the consternation of the right. Um, you know, it's, it's an interesting um, situation where uh, many, many presidents have appointed judges to the court. I think that um, the chief justice has surprised um, um, the Bush administration many times uh, with his um, joining with the left. Um, Gorsuch has certainly surprised everyone with being the author of this decision. The rights that are provided, I think, are appropriate. It's simply an interesting look behind the curtain as to what the Supreme Court does in its deliberations. Um, Judge Thomas and Judge Alito wrote separate, um, strong uh, dissents from this, um, essentially chastising the majority for the manner in which they became almost legislators because they took language which had some um, ambiguity in it and essentially decided the ambiguity and are now accused of having legislated from the bench, which is what the right is typically accusing the left of doing. So Gorsuch is now being painted with that same brush, at least for the moment. Uh, he has been reliably conservative in most of his decisions. Um, this one is a bit different and it's not so much uh, a, um, validation or a vindication or a thumbs up for the LGBT community. But I think Gorsuch felt he had to rule as he did based upon the case and the language of the statute, which was before him. And I think he was right. Candidly. Folks um, with it's John DePietro with me is attorney, Tim Dodd, Tim, let's talk about in these, some of these stories are popping up around the country, but one of them is an employee in Connecticut, uh, fired. Uh, there, there are different people that are finding that they may feel, hey, I want to show some of my support for Black Lives Matter, but apparently not all them employers are on board with people, um, you know, with people allowing and showing their support for, for the cause. Yes. Um, it, it's becoming a very um, slippery, ambiguous slope for anyone who wants to challenge the orthodoxy of the Black Lives Matter movement and the language which you can or cannot use if you are not a full supporter of the uh, Black Lives Matter movement and some of the tactics that it undertakes. Um, many people are finding that they're getting fired from their positions, um, losing their jobs, being excoriated in social media uh, for different comments that are being made. Um, several individuals, some CEOs of major corporations have gotten a little bit jammed up and in certain instances terminated or have to resign or retire. Um, and it's an interesting utilization of words. And I'm not saying this is a good idea or a bad idea, but if you come out in social media or in print, or if people report what you have said, and you come out with, you know, all lives matter, quote, unquote, all lives matter, quote, unquote, is now considered to be a racist expression that diminishes the legitimacy and the concerns of the Black Lives Matter movement, and almost, um, degrades or diminishes the importance of the Black Lives Matter movement. Now, I think a lot of people have suggested, quote unquote, all lives matter in good faith, not expecting to be subject to the whipsaw of public opinion saying that they're racists. Um, but that is the new um, situation that people are encountering. There's a individual who worked for the court system, John, in uh, Philadelphia, 
who is video taking down Black Lives Matter signs that were affixed to a um, fence in a public park. And he's confronted by someone videoing, videoing him. And the guy's a bit of an idiot because he lets himself be video taking down the signs and essentially says, black lives don't matter to me. Now, that is inflammatory. It's certainly free speech. I'm not sure that it's hate speech. It's certainly um, insensitive, inconsiderate, inconsiderate speech. But based upon that video and the guy saying black lives don't matter to me, quote unquote, uh, he gets fired from his job. He worked for the court system and the court fired him immediately saying that they take this incident, quote, very seriously and believe that Mr. Henkel's behavior shows conduct which is egregious and totally unacceptable for an employee of the courts. Now, apparently he had prior issues of violating something called the Unified Judicial System Code of Conduct uh, in the non-discrimination and equal employment policy. So this guy sounds without knowing more about him, like a, a, a likely racist who has no problem with saying things which could be, could be considered racist and based upon either this incident or this couple with prior incidents, he gets fired. So free speech is being circumscribed and words are being um, assigned meanings by groups and if you stray from the orthodoxy and the meanings which the group imposes, you can find yourself out of a job or the subject of uh, a media firestorm or a social media firestorm. Um, was it justified that this man got fired for saying black lives don't matter to me? Potentially, yes. Um, it's certainly an idiotic thing to say right now if you think it. Um, to express it right now with all of the outrage going on in the country seems like a very, very foolish thing to do. Should it cost you your job? Um, that's where, you know, First Amendment attorneys and civil rights advocates and the ACLU, one would presume might be in there saying, you know, this is a free speech issue, but all you hear is crickets. So I'm not defending what the guy said, but all of this suppression of free speech and your ability to have a different opinion and to express it, as we've seen with the uh, New York Times um, firing or having its uh, the editor of the op-ed page have to re uh, resign yes. because of an, an op-ed piece which isn't quite uh, square with the orthodoxy that's currently out there oh. if there's no room for other opinions and again i'm not defending this idiot who said black lives don't matter to me but any divergence from the orthodoxy right now uh, you're going to get canceled the whole cancel culture business or lose your job or have a almost mob of social media people attacking you it's not healthy for protecting our constitutional rights um, there's got to be a balance. And right now there seems to be a complete imbalance in terms of free speech rights versus trying to protect and to promote and to be sensitive to the um, outrage that's currently um, on display in the country. Tim, it is interesting that if, um, if someone says, or is asked, do black lives matter, which, I mean, to me, it's an easy answer, which is, I, I don't know of anyone that, that would say no, but, uh, well, this, but this guy but did. This guy did. I mean, I guess to, the, the answer is just to say yes, as opposed to I understand people didn't want to say, well, all lives matter. But you're right with that. Even by saying all lives matter now, it, it seems that you could be painted as a as a racist now, which I think is an eye opener to a lot of people. But it's just uh, the way the kind of the sentiment is going right now. Uh, the, people almost have to stay alert as to what the the proper answer is supposed to be in certain situations just to avoid any type of confrontation. Let's finish up with um, this business that is really ironic. Uh, Rhode Island delegation in Washington, or at least three of the four, uh, supporting abolishing the, uh, the Electoral College, which uh, is basically how we were founded. That's the way we've done the elections. And it's, it's pretty significant. And 
I'm actually surprised that it hasn't been more pushback from people, uh, but I don't think it got the proper media attention that maybe it should have. John, when, when I read that Sheldon Whitehouse, David Cicilline, and Jim Langevin are all for abolishing the Electoral College, I was flabbergasted. Wow. I, I, I just couldn't believe it. And that's not a, a that's not passing on the fact that they're from one party or the other. It's just the fact that they have to know they're smart guys where the electoral college comes from, how it was established and why we have it. Certainly um, the Democrat party nationally doesn't like the electoral college because Hillary Clinton wins the popular vote. uh, Al Gore wins the popular vote, but both don't get the presidency because of the electoral college. Um, Certainly, if you want to win elections and you want a popular vote, the um, electoral college is an obstacle. And I think these politicians, and there are many others nationally, get away with saying these things. Hillary Clinton's been beating this drum forever since she lost. Is I think a lot of people don't know why we have the electoral college. And I say that with all due respect. If you don't learn about it in school... It's not something that's an easy thing to look up. The the electoral, not to get too wonky about it, but the electoral college was established at the Constitutional Convention. We're the poster child for why we have it, to protect the interest of small states. When the electoral college started, it was determined that each state would get automatically two electoral votes, one for each senator. That number would be supplemented by the number of congressional seats that you've got. So we've got two congressional seats. So we have a total of four electoral votes. A state like Wyoming only has one uh, member in the House of Representatives. So they get two plus one, they get three. Uh, California gets lots because they've got so many congressional uh, districts and representative and states like Florida, Texas, New York, likewise. But If you didn't have the Electoral College, um, anyone running for president would not have to consider small states. Essentially, the founders set this up. So we have um, presidential elections, 50 separate state elections, 50 elections. So you've got to be a person who appeals to the farm belt. You've got to be able to appeal to the sun belt. You've got to appeal to... Um, the the industrial bases of um, power in essentially the Northeast. It's not just the national campaign where you can overlook the issues of each individual state. You've got to win a majority of these state elections. And the key is to get to 270 electoral votes out of the 538 that are available. If there was no electoral, excuse me, the electoral college also sort of results in a two-party system by default. If you had five or six or seven different political parties um, with the Electoral College, no one would get to 270. The math would suggest if you had five or six or seven strong candidates, it's going to be hard to get to 270. As we've been seeing recently, it's, even with two major parties, um, it's hard to get to that 270 number. Let's assume you took away the Electoral College. Um, Now there's not a system which sort of pushes the contenders into this two-party type system or sometimes a third party. You could have many, many, many people running for president and you could wind up with a president who might get 20% of the vote, which is not a very good situation for that individual's ability to run the country effectively they would always be seen as a, as a significant minority elected person who might get 15, 20, 25% of the vote. Also, if there was no two-party system which requires you to get electors and get used to the electoral college win, a self-funding person would say, well, I'm not going to go into these primaries. I'm going to spend my money on a national campaign and just advertise in the major markets and hope to get a significant percentage of the vote. Right. You're never, you're never going to see presidents who would get between 40 and 50% of the vote or more. Um, it would create chaos. It would create havoc. Um, 
the system ensures the legitimacy of a president in terms of percentages of the electoral votes that are available. Um, a straight national election, you'll never see anyone in any small state again coming to campaign, coming to spend money, coming to address the concerns. You think anyone's ever going to go back to Iowa? No. And no. Is, is anyone ever going to go back to um, uh, Delaware or, Mass- or uh, excuse me, New Hampshire or Maine? Never. Um, Trump had to go back to Maine at the last minute. You wouldn't think anyone's going to waste time right before the election going to Maine. But he was looking to pick off de- um, electoral votes. And he went to Maine, spent a lot of time for one electoral vote, which could have made a big difference at the end. In a straight national election, that's never going to happen. Uh, in my view, the founders had it right. And in my view, if our congressional delegation is looking to do away with the Electoral College for short-term expediency to help Democrats win, and that's got to be their goal, and jettison one of the founding systems of this country, which is ensured stability, um, that short-term interest in electoral wins at the cost of the you know, basic foundation and structure of the way this federal governmental system operates is um, just wrong, in my view. I don't know how else to say it. It's just wrong. Folks, he is our uh, legal expert, Rhode Island attorney, Tim Dodd. Tim, great job. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you again. You too, John. Take care. Remember, for your business, Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-21. MEG, Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Remember, free estimates. Call them today, 508-336-2110. Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. FHWA Inspections or Rhode Island State Inspection Station. Trailer Pickup and Delivery. 24-hour mobile service. ABS repairs, brakes, doors. If it's on a trailer, they can fix it. Mega truck and trailer repair. Call them 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for Mega truck and trailer repair. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. It's John DePietro. Listen, folks, this is a unique situation, but instead of wasting the time by just watching television or old episodes of old movies, instead, clean up your home, clean up your attic, clean up your basement and your garage. Call Brothers Disposal today, 401-688-0517. Call them for a free estimate. They will deliver a dumpster right to your home. Do some spring cleaning. Use this time to finally clean that out that old junk from your basement, from your attic, from your garage. Do some spring cleaning. Use this unique time. Call Brothers Disposal today, 401-688-0517. They'll come to your home. They will drop off a dumpster. You load it up. Tell them whenever it is. Maybe it stays for a week. Maybe it stays for a weekend. Maybe it stays for one day. Call Brothers Disposal today. Free estimate, 401 401- Six eight eight zero five one seven. Stop watching Netflix. Do something productive. Finally, clean up your home. Clean out that garage or the attic or the basement. Call Brothers Disposal today. 401-688-0517. Free estimate. 401-688-0517. It's Brothers Disposal. And let's get a dumpster in the driveway. We look like Tom Hanks in Castaway. Tom Brady left for Tampa Bay. Teacher said, kids, we can distance school you. And so get to us, Tony. We're one big distance family. Mr. Bonnie wore a mask up into Shout out to you.
This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Lawn Doctor. Call today, your best lawn ever guaranteed, 401-392-1025, 401-392-1025, or online, they have a great website, lawndoctor.com. What do they do? Well, outdoor pest control, annual program, lawn care service. They make great lawns happen. Lawn Doctor Rhode Island, your lawn care company. Love your lawn. Best lawn guaranteed. Call them today, 401-392-1025. Free uh, consultation and estimate, 401-392-1025. Lawn doctor. And now is the time because you can get the early spring, the crabgrass control, time-release fertilizer, professional blend of high-calcium line. Lawn doctor. Go online. Check them out. It's lawndoctor.com or call them today, 401 401- Three nine two ten twenty five Lawn Doctor. Well, March was the strangest month. We're watching the friars at the dunk when suddenly the gov delivered a message to you. I need you all to stay at home. No school, no work in this hot zone. When your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Call them today, 401-710-7096. 401-710-7096. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Now, I like to tell the story. I don't mind. But one morning, I went up to uh, get up to use the dryer and just had done a wash, and suddenly it wouldn't work. Now, did I panic? No. Did I try to fix it? Don't be ridiculous. No, I called Ryan's Appliance Repair at 401 401- 710-7096. We made an appointment. Ryan said, Juan, I'll be there at, at 9 o'clock at 5 of 9. A truck appeared in my driveway. It said, Ryan's appliance repair. He came right in, fixed the driver, uh, dryer Excuse me, within five minutes. And then, I think it was about two weeks later, I went to make uh, microwave popcorn, and then suddenly the microwave wouldn't work. So what did I do? I called Ryan's appliance repair at 401-710-7096. And then one time, even the oven wasn't working. And again, who did I call? You get the gist of the story. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Now, Ryan offers a senior citizen's discount. All work is guaranteed for 90 days parts and labor. And he'll also do a Saturday appointment. It's Ryan's Appliance Repair. When your appliance is dying, you know who to call. Call Ryan, 401 410 7096. 